Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talk to Joe and Mike, and they are the founders of BuildAssetsOnline.com, and they're pretty cool. I I was introduced to them in the last uh, few weeks, and they are brothers. They've been working together online since 2014, so just about the same time I was getting started, and since then, they've succeeded at multiple different business models, including Amazon FBA, that's fulfilled by Amazon, Kindle Publishing, and e-commerce websites. They dabble a little bit in affiliate marketing as well, but it was really cool to talk to them because they have their own online portfolio that they built since 2014, consisting of over 10 different businesses. So they are truly putting together a portfolio of businesses that are in different areas. So people talk about diversifying their risk and diversifying their business and income and all that stuff. These guys are doing it and they're doing it not by just like creating new businesses with the same business model, but they're doing it. They are actually doing it by creating different businesses. And that is a great way to diversify because this is something I run into all the time. People think if they just create multiple businesses using the exact same business model that they are diversifying. And they are on a small scale to a certain extent, but actually creating different business models that get traffic from different sources. You're actually working with different affiliate models or different, not not even affiliate models at all, but you're working with like drop shipping and stuff, which brings me to one of the cool debates and one of the big topics of this whole episode. Mike and Joe and myself debate drop shipping versus affiliate marketing. Now, if you're if you're listening to this show and you've listened to The Doug Show a few times, you probably know I do affiliate marketing. That's sort of the area where I focus. These guys do a lot more in the drop shipping area. They have various other business models, but the point is we have a debate. And we actually, I mean, it was all friendly and everything, but we actually like butt heads a little bit. So it was pretty fun. Let, let us know if you like that or... Actually, I I like the contrast. I like having the little debate on there. It's a little more interesting than just everybody agreeing all the time. That gets boring, of course. So anyway, there's one other thing I want to mention with uh, Joe and Mike here, and that is they do have a free course out there. I will actually put a link in the show notes in the description so you can get to it really easy. It is called Online Asset Playbook, and here's the tagline, steal our secret formula for creating million-dollar-plus in assets from home with dropshipping, even if you have no prior experience. I will mention that probably having some prior experience is a little bit helpful, but they hit all the marks as far as this free course goes. So I highly recommend you check it out if you like what these guys are talking about. If you're thinking, hey, I'm interested in drop shipping, I want to learn what they're talking about. It could be a great thing to get into specifically if you do have an affiliate site that is making money already and you kind of understand the affiliate site model and you're thinking, hey, 
I want to diversify a little bit. Hey, I want to introduce myself to some new concepts, some new business models and that sort of thing. Again, it's just a free course out there. You could just sign up. I'm sure you have to give some information like your email address and your name, stuff like that, but it is free. So I encourage you to check it out. Now let's talk to Mike and Joe from Build Assets Online. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here, and I'm with Mike and Joe from Build Assets Online. Did I get it right? Yes. All right, perfect. So for the people that don't know you, much like myself, I actually don't know you guys that well, can you give a little bit of an intro and uh, just what do you guys do over at Build Assets Online? Um, so at Build Assets Online, um, Mike, Mike and I are focused on kind of just what the name sounds like is... Uh, creating a profitable por- portfolio of online assets. Um, sorry to use the definition to, de- to define the thing, but um, basically at the core of what we do, um, we start with high ticket dropshipping, which is still the core of our, our business today. And we use the cash flow from that to invest in other profitable web-based businesses. And the reason that we start with the high ticket dropshipping is because what we've found is that the cash flow from it is um, much faster than uh, than other business models. Um, you can kind of get it going, get it started in two weeks if you, if you like really apply yourself and then and then scale it from there. And then because some of the other business models are still great and they still have like high multiples and they're you know extremely passive and great businesses, um, you know, we'll use that to invest in those and and grow the portfolio. Got it. And uh, Mike, I'll direct this question. You all try and do a little orchestrating here. Give everybody some uh, time here. Um, So like you guys are brothers. Is that the situation here? Okay. So you're brothers. And like, what did you do before you were doing drop shipping and stuff like that? So Joe had gotten um, a food science degree. He was working, you know, just doing stuff with that. Um, I had a chemical engineering degree. And I was doing stuff for um, military contractors, but Joe had started doing retail arbitrage, so essentially just going to you know big box stores, going to the clearance aisle, and then reselling stuff on Amazon. And um, you know he had quit his job maybe yeah. in 2013 or so. And um, yeah, I mean I wasn't really happy at my job. I kind of wanted to get a taste, so you know he didn't want me to do the same thing because Amazon kind of has its restrictions. And so I went down the route of Kindle publishing. I found, you know, a coaching program with that and just started doing it. And then within probably like three or four months, um, I quit my job and yeah, then things kind of got went awry with Kindle and we were <laughs> both doing it. And that's essentially what forced us to start our dropshipping business. Okay. okay. Sorry. You said what, what happened with Kindle? So basically back in the day, um, it was kind of like the old niche sites with Google, how everyone kind of got slammed by the update. Um, that's essentially what happened to us. Kindle was a bit different and, you know, the way our books were structured and kind of the way people did things was a bit more uh, gray hat. And so one day my account got suspended as I was about to quit my job. And, you know, I lost like two months of royalties since they pay you two months later. And, um, yeah, so we were kind of out of options, and uh, he had just bought a house, so yeah. we we needed to do something quick, and that's kind of when we made our first dropshipping <laughs> store, and that 
yeah, again, we went from zero to first sale within two weeks. I was also pretty heavily invested in, in Kindle at that point because he was doing well with it. And I kind of moved away from the retail arbitrage because the Kindle was, I, I just, the potential of it was so much higher. Um, at, and so I thought at the time. And so we were both like most of our income coming from Kindle. And then he literally quit his job. And like the day before it happened or on that day, and I had like signed the final contracts on a house like the week before and I didn't have a job. So yeah. we really have had to be like, all right, let's, uh, let's get this fig. We got to get something figured out quick. Yeah. And that was really kind of a defining moment for what has become our overall business strategy because it taught us that, you know, while Amazon brings really good income, it's, uh, you know, a very risky platform to have all your money invested in. And, um, yeah, so now we kind of just, we teach having an overall well-rounded portfolio and we still do Kindle now. Um, so it still works good and, you know, we've had some bestsellers and, but yeah, the main point is that dropshipping is the best way to get money quick and get an asset that you can sell and then everything else, um, complements it in, its, in their own ways. Got it. Got it. And um, can you give me an idea of like what you guys were pulling in before the issues and the Kindle publishing uh, business side? Yeah, I think I was on pace to make like probably twelve thousand to fifteen thousand dollars profit. Um, like per month. Yeah, yeah. When that happened, and um, yeah, so that got kind of taken, but. Now we're now we're back on good pace. I think we're we're closing in on like five to six thousand dollars profit each month. Um, and you know I'm I'm pretty like I'm pretty involved in the community, and I know some big uh some big Kindle people, and they make a lot of money. And you know there's still a lot of money to be made in Kindle, but um, it's more yeah, mature. Also, yeah. yeah. Also heard of a big some really big publishers losing their accounts. That, yeah, that's true too. We've, yeah, we've known yeah. some top 100 authors who have just gotten their accounts taken down and you know, there's really no recourse with Kindle. Um, once it, once it's taken down, unless a miracle happens, you are, you're out of luck. Wow. And what issue would a person have, um, like in the top 100, like what, what violation would they make to get kicked out? Honestly, um, a lot of it comes from other independent writers who are a bit bitter that you, you know, you use ghostwriters and, stuff like that. And they'll just like spam report you and, um, do things like that. And, you know, as you, as you may know, Amazon, their customer service, especially for their sellers is not the best. So it's like, if someone chooses to, you know, strike down your account, getting it back is usually um, quite a hassle. Got it. Yeah. But, All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, Super interesting. You guys were getting started around the same time as me. And I, I do remember hearing all these amazing uh, Kindle publishing stories. And I was like, ah, I should check it out. But luckily, I, I didn't get too distracted and actually try. Um, but yeah, I remember hearing like just crazy stories, um, you know, really quick to ramp up. And once you get yeah. the system set, it's just like churn it out, right? Yeah. And it's still awesome. I mean, the the churn rate is less now. It's more really focused on creating a high quality brand. And, um, you know, in the future when we come out with, you know, our, our strategies on Kindle, um, I think you'll, you'll find that it all actually works together with the niche site stuff. And, um, yeah, it, there's a lot you can do with it and it, it is still 
a really, really good asset class because it just, if you let it just do nothing, it would, it makes money every month. Like I probably put five hours a month into Kindle for, you know, good profit. So yeah. All right. Cool. And Joe, were you about to say something there? Um, no, I mean, I think he kind of touched on it that we're really um, putting our efforts into now kind of combining business models, like combining like the niche site with the Kindle publishing and, you know, building, building the email list that way using Facebook ads, to build the email list, which is then great for the Google traffic because they see that you already have traffic. Um, so we're really, I mean, a lot of our R and D and efforts is focused on to doing that stuff. And it's all, we can, we can do it. We can afford it because we have the, uh, the drop shipping stores, which, which is, which is great. Very cool. So, and, and take me, let, let's go down that route now. So uh, you both were doing really well with the Kindle publishing and then you lost that revenue source, uh, either a hundred percent or enough of it where it was catastrophic, right? So you had to move into some other stuff. So how did you determine what you were going to do next? How did you deal with that stress? You just bought a house and all that stuff. So Joe, why don't you kick it off and then we'll see where it goes here. Well, I think we knew we wanted to do online. I mean, at that point, like I was moving to kind of the middle of nowhere. I've moved back uh, to New Jersey since then. But um, we kind of realized that like I, we really didn't have another choice. Like he wasn't going to go back to work and whatever. Um, and I think we actually bought like we bought two or three courses on e-commerce and, and dropshipping. Like we would always buy courses like to this day, like we still – we still buy stuff. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you do as well even, but you know, it's just, it's just about like being able to assess all the information pulling, even if, even if you deem a course to be like a waste of money, um, just pulling like one or two things. Like we've, you know, we've had things that we've been taught like years before and then one day they just, Oh, well, I remember that. And then it kind of, it can impact your business in, in the future. So a lot of it is just, um, I mean, invest, we have, we have like, we were doing good with Kindle before that. So it's just investing in knowledge, doing research. Um, and, and yeah, more than, more than anything, I think it was just putting in, you know, the, the effort and the time. Yeah, that was, of course, that's the other thing. I mean, a lot of people, um, as I'm sure, you know, will, that's all they'll do is the research. Um, what we like to do is we'll spend like an allotted amount of time on research and then, then it's all, it's all action and it's, it's all in and it either works or it doesn't. But what we found is that even if it doesn't work like a hundred percent, um, it still kind of sets you up to tweak things in, in the future. Um, and you make a little change down the line and, um, then yes. something successful. So, and if I can, if I can add on that, I think that's the reason why high ticket drop shipping is so powerful. And that's because you don't need to have, you know, a hundred percent of the knowledge to, to be successful because you can make one sale and make a few hundred dollars. And so, you know, even if you're not the best at website design or you don't have the best suppliers or you're not the best at, you know, Google ads, which is essentially the main three things that, high ticket drop shipping consists of, then you can still get that feedback. You can still make money and then you can keep learning and keep learning. And, um, 
you know, compared to making niche sites and doing some other things, it takes sometimes six months just to get out of the Google sandbox, just to even see traffic start to trickle in. And then you don't know how well you're going to rank. So, um, yeah, I think what's important for us and what we try to teach people is that, you know, you want to get results as quick as possible. And again, dropshipping is just something that allows you to get results without being an expert. And then you can create expertise. Got it. Okay, cool. So your your backs were to the wall. You were like, we know we're going to do some online business <laughs> stuff. We don't know exactly what. You got some courses. Did you only get like uh, dropshipping courses at that time or were you looking at some other avenues as well? Uh, well, I had, because, of, because I did Amazon FBA, um, I had actually, well, I mentioned the retail arbitrage thing, but before getting into Kindle, I kind of moved from that to wholesale. Um, so I was kind of already familiar with, um, how to like reach out and like set up dealer accounts with people. And we kind of, I guess because of that, we kind of thought like we're already, we've already done e-commerce at some level. Like, I guess we didn't really debate what we were going to do. It was just, we had a little bit of the skill set. We were doing the research and we just thought like, okay, we have this part of it down. Um, let's just okay. let's just run with it. And I think um, someone who had done Kindle Publishing had put out a course on dropshipping that we bought, and then it kind of just led us down that path. And um, yeah, when you know the thing happened with our accounts, we just knew that that was what we were going to try to do. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what happened actually. Cool. And like, um, just for the people that don't know, so when you said you were doing some wholesaling, basically you would purchase from wholesalers, manufacturers, whoever, um, and then you would sell it on Amazon via FBA. Right, right. I wasn't, I wasn't drop shipping it, but I would purchase big amounts, get them shipped to my house, label them, send them back out. And I was, you know, I was doing, I was doing pretty well with that. Um, so it was kind of a logical next step to just, take that to your own website. Cool. Now, can you just walk me through just actually what you did, what you guys did back then as you were, I guess, migrating over to drop shipping. And then, um, you know what? I won't ask any leading stuff. Just what's the process? What do you do? Yeah. So essentially what we do is, you know, we decide first off what um, niche or kind of broad industry that we're going to go in. For our website and we'll go out we'll spec out a bunch of different um, manufacturers and brands that are in the US just like you know you go to Macy's you see they're selling a bunch of different brands they don't own them all they're just retailers for them um, so we have a process of kind of finding out who is more likely to be doing drop shipping since drop shipping is not so much of kind of what is hyped up to be where you know you're just selling cheap items from China um, it's really just a method of fulfillment and when it comes down to expensive items and um, different industries, pretty much everyone is drop shipping in some regard. It's just, you know, there's no, there's no point in having a, an expensive item shipped to your warehouse and then sending it to a customer. So yeah, we'll spec out um, what suppliers look good. Um, kind of, we talk, we go into more of their nitty gritty pricing and seeing, you know, Who's, who's going to be probably the best company to work with? We'll call them and we'll, you know, 
fill out their dealer forms. It's a pretty simple process. And then from there, you just list the items on your site, run Google ads to it, and yeah, get some sales. Gotcha. Joe, were you going to mention something to you? Um, well, I was going to say that as you kind of get into it, like when you make a site and you start getting one or two good brands on there and you start selling those, uh, it kind of snowballs because what happens is the other brands will, um, they'll, they'll kind of see like, Oh, they're selling my competitor. They're getting X amount of traffic every month. You know, if I don't get on there, it's, it's a loss for me. So, um, there, there is like a, a ramping up process, I would say, um, for a store. So, you know, it's kind of the more stuff that you're selling, um, the more you can sell because the more uh, clout you have in an industry, essentially. Cool. So you get like better terms and stuff and more negotiating power and all that. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of negotiation. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, when we tell them the contact suppliers and do all this and that, they, they think it's kind of a big process. Um, most of them just have pretty strict dealer terms, but there are dealers that really, they have a really, really good brand and they don't just let anyone in. So you have to prove yourself first. And so that's kind of what he's referring to is that once you can prove yourself in the industry, you know, then you can get these really good dealers that have the best margins. They have the least competition. And so it results in really cheap traffic and, um, yeah, all you need is really one brand that is a home run to have a really, really good asset. Got it. Okay. And then as far as like running ads, which I don't, I don't run ads. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. much about them. I've done some Facebook stuff and have a general understanding, but, um, I would imagine you have to float, you have to float the money for a little while, right? So you pay for some ads, some things are sold. It takes you a little while to get your money, even if you made a profit, right? So can you tell me about sort of that part of it? Number one, is that a correct assumption <laughs> or, um, and, and then how it works if it is. So it's actually not correct. Um, so yeah, with Facebook ads, it is more of a gamble to where you have to test all these ad sets. You have to find the winner. And then by that time, you know, you have spent a couple hundred dollars and now you need to scale and get your money back. Um, with Google ads, you can essentially just target the keywords you want to show up for. And Google gives you a free, you know, hundred dollars to, to run ads with. Um, so by the time that we use that 300, you know, we get through that hundred dollar credit, we are usually profitable. So yeah, there's no, there's no really, there's nothing to really test. It's just, you put your ads out, you see which do the best. And then you kind of just optimize around that. Say just, you know, bid lower on the ones that don't work as well. And then really ramp up the ones that do work. But either way, there should not be a very long period of um, being in the hole. Yeah, you're, you're kind of combining the, the buyer intent of Google users with margins that you make a lot of or products that you make a lot of money on. So with an affiliate site, obviously you make a few dollars per sale if, you know, if it's a maybe $70, $80 product. Um, so you essentially need to rank organically for that in order for it to work. But if you're making a few hundred dollars, a thousand plus per product, you don't need to get those, get those organic rankings and the buyer, the same buyer intent is, is still there. Yeah. And we've had sales come from, you know, clicks that cost us one cent. 
as you know, that's not always the case. You know, I will we'll bid up to, you know, $8 for a click. But that now that we know what we're doing, we can do that because we know the kind of response that we're going to get. But it's really you kind of just set what bids you feel comfortable with and then you see what happens. And, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big advocate for, you know, really going crazy when you first start with ads. Um, I think it's a learning process and it's um, just an art and you just need to get some data and then you can make good decisions. Yep. And that totally makes sense. I mean, you understand your margins, you understand like how much you could pay for whatever the visitor, I guess. And then on average, how many you're going to sell. So once you have the data, then it's like, you know, if it's going to work or not. Right. So, yes. So Google will essentially tell you, you know, what search term a person converted on. And so once you, once you have that kind of information, you know, that, you know, a certain search term is profitable, then you can absolutely dominate that search term whether it's through shopping ads or through text ads or, um, you know, and, there, and there's even ways to go beyond that, that we discuss, um, like more advanced stuff. Got it. Yeah. Um, cool. And is there anything else on the just sort of high level of how drop shipping works? Um, other common questions that I probably missed here that you guys want to add in before we shift to another area? Um, I'd say probably on the level of customer support, because obviously, you know, when you have a niche website, there's no face-to-face interaction with the customer. You're just ranking and you're, you know, getting traffic and you're making commissions. Um, with, you know, having a store, it does come with a bit of face-to-face and you have to, you know, handle existing orders and do different things like that. And, um, you know, it's really what you want it to be. So if you want to have a big store that sells expensive items, you're going to have to take some calls. Um but you can outsource it to someone in the Philippines. You can get an American worker that, you know, can sort of take over your roles. And so we've done it in a multitude of different ways. And, um, yeah, it just depends kind of on what you want your, your life to be like. And, um, do you have anything to add to that? I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think we kind of covered the high level of it. Yeah. I think that's actually one of the, the harder things to put in place and create a system for is training someone to do customer service. But, um, again, you know, with, there's a barrier to entry for everything, right? So whereas it may take you 12 months to learn SEO just so you can start making money, you know, instead, you know, you can put that time into training an employee and just having a store that runs automatically for you. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a good uh, way to put it. I mean, no matter what business model you pick, you could probably make it work out. And there's probably going to be some hurdle, like something that you're going to have to figure out, whether it's SEO or customer service or whatever. So um, for the margins, uh, can you give us some ranges of the typical margins you're looking for and some other expenses like baked into it all aside from, you know, the materials and the customer service and whatever? Uh, as far as we actually did a video on this and we kind of talked about how the percentage of the margin um, isn't super important um, because you can have a very low margin item like 10% and then a huge sales volume um, and then you can have the the inverse obviously. Um, so the margin, I mean, I would say it ranges from 10 to 10 to 50. Yeah. Not accurate. Um, 
So yeah, it's only important in context of the ad spend as, as we talked about before. If the ad is profitable, it doesn't matter if the mar- if the margin is. And of course, if it's worth the, the time to, you know, if you're making a hundred bucks, you know, you, you don't want to process a bunch of orders that you're making two or three bucks, but if you're making hundred, five hundred, you know, you gotta, you gotta put it, combine all that, put it all together. Right, right. Okay. Got it. So one other thing that I, I was doing some you know, pre-interview research on you guys, and I saw you have uh, over 10 different businesses, and we mentioned some of the stuff that you have in play. So can you sort of run through as much as you could share about the portfolio um, and that sort of thing? I know some of it's sensitive information, so feel free to just share what you can, but I know this is something people are super interested in to work for yourself, um, call the shots, you know, and then have a diverse set of assets where if something goes wrong, maybe it's only 10% of your income or revenue and you can adjust and shift and it'll be okay. So can you run through sort of the portfolio and how you guys approached it? Yeah. So, um, we have had six different high ticket websites, dropshipping websites in total. Um, we've now sold two of them. We just wrapped up a sale a couple weeks ago. So the first one we sold for $133,000. The last one we sold for $80,000. And so we have four websites now um, that do dropshipping. We have our Kindle business. And then we have um, about five different content sites. A bunch of little little niche sites um, that we kind of – They've kind of been a little bit of our, our R&D. Um, the way we kind of split up the work, um, well, this – I'm going to branch off a little bit here, but I think it'll, I think it'll be helpful. Um, so when we really started to grow our business was – when we first started, it was like we were kind of just doing like the same stuff. Like I'll be like, oh, let's – I'm going to go change the AdWords bids. And then, then the next day he would go change the AdWords bids or whatever. Um, but then we decided, I think we saw, um, I don't know, what, what inspired, was there one particular thing that inspired that, that we decided to, that we decided to distribute the work? Maybe, maybe James Schramko. Anything? Yeah. I think we saw um, a presentation by James, by James Schramko. And we really started to split up the work and what, what we really started to do to scale was that, cause if you're splitting it between two people, you know, you have to be efficient. So what we started to do was that he would handle the management of the store and the adverts. And the reason he would do the adverts is because he has, if he's managing the store, he has a better, he has his finger on the pulse of like what's going on. Um, so it's much, much easier for that. And then during the scaling phase, um, and we still do this to this day, it's like, I'll do all the, the setup of the site, calling suppliers, getting the suppliers to, you know, getting uh, in their dealer program and stuff like that. So I'll handle all that. And I'll also handle like the R and D stuff for new um, sites that we're going to be working on. So I've spent the the last few years, like two years, I'd say kind of um, figuring out the content sites, figuring out SEO and uh, yeah. So I, I kind of got off on a tangent there, but <laughs> we're, we're, that, no, no, that's, that's, that's great. That's how we structure our, our business. So yeah, we have a, we have Kindle, which he handles, but I'll handle the uh, the site portion of it and and the Facebook ads. 
And then the small content sites is kind of my uh, little playground. And they, they earn around um, two to 3000 a month, depending on the month. I'm hoping it's going to um, be higher uh, during the holiday season. But, you know, we're just really focused on experimenting and reinvesting into those. Cause we know that those are, those sell like really easily. So, um, yeah, you know, we're just kind of, we're, we're focusing on, on growth a lot right now and experimenting. And like I mentioned earlier, um, doing a lot of the com- combining of, of all these strategies. So the, one of the, the niche sites I'm working on right now, we just made it uh, two months ago and it's basically connected to one of our stores. And what we'll do is um, kind of similar to, to what you teach is we'll, we'll focus on the, the long tail um, terms because um, like we, we have a niche site, we have one niche site that gets like 7,000 sessions per month. But it's a you know very low. The ad revenue from that isn't very high. It's like I think you get two or three um, R- RPMs, and I think I may uh, kind of might need to change the ad network and play around with that. But with with if it's connected to one of our dropshipping stores, thousand visitors a month could mean a thousand RPM, you know, two thousand RPM. So we've kind of we've kind of come to that realization, um, and so we're really putting a big focus on um, taking the learnings that we've done over the past two or three, two years really, and combining them with, with the e-commerce and, and Kindle. Yeah. And if I can, if I can add to that a little bit, obviously not everyone who's looking to get into this has a, you know, a partner to do it with. And so, you know, dropshipping, we know plenty of people that do it all by themselves. And, um, you know, in our course, it's not, you don't need to have a business partner to do it. It's just, it may take you a little bit longer to get up and running. And, you know, whereas we have two people and so we yeah. can, we can do a lot of stuff for one person. It means, you know, double the money. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Get to split it. But, um, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to touch upon the, the RPM thing, um, if people aren't super familiar, RPM essentially means your, your earnings per a thousand visitors for, typically like an ad network and um, when a site is getting organic traffic, they judge, okay, how many, after a thousand visitors, how much money am I making in ads? And so even on like the best premium ad network, you're going to get what, like 20 RPM? Yeah, around that 20 to 30. Have you, have you ever gotten higher? Me? Um, you know what? I don't keep track <laughs> of earnings in okay. that way, which is like so basic, but I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, with you. No clue. Yeah, yeah. We worked with uh, with John Dykstra. I know he's. I mean, he's all about the the ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway. So we kind of had the the realization that you know we're putting in this time to get all these visitors just to make twenty dollars for every one thousand visitors, whereas on our you know our dropshipping sites, a thousand visitors could mean you know a few thousand in revenue, and so it, you know. Obviously, you know, we're very familiar with what you teach and the keyword golden ratio and um, all that stuff. We figured, you know, why not just apply that to our high ticket sites, get these really, you know, you know, high intent, potentially very profitable keywords and send them to our own e-commerce website. Perfect. And I was going to say this is obviously not a <laughs> groundbreaking idea, but people ask about it all the time and they can't put 
the pieces together. So it's really cool how you guys, you know, you started from different areas, uh, you know, Kindle, mm -hmm. Kindle publishing, the retail arbitrage. And the thing that I always say is like, when something goes wrong, it'll be okay. Cause all the business models have their flaws and issues and stuff. Like you develop skills and insights, um, that you can apply in other areas, which is great. And now you're like combining business models, stacking them on each other. So you're like, Oh, we can make way more, profit if we sell our own product over here so it's perfect i mean it makes total sense and not to mention it boosts you know the actual value of the asset itself because you know you have multiple domains you have multiple traffic sources and um you're earning revenue from different areas so it makes you you know less vulnerable to changes like an algorithm update or something happened with your ads account um so yeah it's it's something that, you know, we're, we're investing heavily on now to sort of set us away from the, the pack. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now let's shift into um, a little debate style. So I'm sure we're going to have fun <laughs> with this. Um, I was perusing your blog and I saw a post on dropshipping versus affiliate marketing. Um, and I think, you know, it's a great, um, it's a great, read in general so we'll link up to it and then we'll just talk through it here so we'll just hit the bullet points i think you guys are going to be more prepared than me because you literally wrote this article and i don't know much about drop shipping so this should be <laughs> this should be good so number one i think it's pretty clear um around the profit uh margin and just in general i know from the affiliate side uh like especially amazon affiliate your effective like overall commission rate is probably going to be maybe somewhere between four and 6% or something on average. So you mentioned before the drop shipping margins are pretty high. Um, so anything to add to that other than you said like 10 to 50% depending on a number of variables, but anything else to add? Uh, well, so, I mean, obviously with Amazon, if you can get the traffic, Obviously, Amazon has a really high conversion rate and how we were talking about, you know, the volume before, you know, we would rather have a 10% margin on something that sells really well and gets really cheap clicks. Um, with Amazon, you do have the potential to sell a lot of volume, but you also only have a 24-hour cookie window. So someone has to buy something within 24 hours for you to get credit. Whereas with our site, our sites, you know, we don't have a cookie window. There are they're pixeled for us now. And so we can remarket to them as much as possible. And, um, that, that, that is another added benefit. Um, not to mention that you get to bake in some, if you're in the right niche, you can bake in some additional lifetime customer value. Uh, cause someone buys from you, they're going to be on your email list. They can come back and buy more stuff. You know, some, some, we sell actually some replenishable items on some of our stores that are, kind of expensive. I mean, they're not thousands of dollars, but people come back and buy from us. Um, so yeah, I think the margin or the, the profit per visitor, um, compared to an Amazon affiliate site is generally, I think going to be higher. Yep. And from my, from my perspective, right. Cause I'm, I'm the affiliate marketing person. So <laughs> I think um, I'm going to call it a push, but it's up for debate because the volume and the number of visitors potentially could make up for it. Um, may, maybe the drop shipping in the long run is 
better, but I'm, I'm sort of like the volume so high for some affiliate sites and the traffic so high, even though the earnings per visitor are so low, um, it may be a push. So what do you, what do you guys think? Is that, is that too big of a stretch? I think, I mean, you're, you're in a way you're, you're right. I mean, but what do you have to sacrifice to, to get that volume? I mean, to me, um, and you know, you're, you're, I'll be the first to admit that you probably have a greater mastery on niche site creation um, than we do at this point. But even the best SEOs in the game have sites that, that tank um, or they have sites that just don't work out the way that they expect. I mean, I'm, would you, would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. So let me put it to you this way is for all the six dropshipping stores that we've made, yes. we've never had one fail. Never had one that we had to close. We sold two of them. Four of them are alive and kicking. And it's just because you're in control of that traffic. So I, I would say the affiliate marketing is like, you know, you're going out to the river and you're like trying to scoop up some water with like a, a cup or something. But, um, okay. <laughs> you, get what I'm, you get what I'm trying to say. It's like you're dipping your toe in the river of traffic, but you don't, you're not controlling the traffic. And that's, that's the difference is when you are doing paid traffic, um, you're controlling the traffic. And I think that's a foundation. That's a more solid foundation for like a, a, a real business, I would say. Yeah. Because the, the likelihood that your ad account gets shut down is so minimal if you're just doing everything by the rules, which is not hard to do. You don't need to cheat. Um, yeah, the, the real problem with the affiliate earnings, obviously the, the volume is great. You don't need to do anything. The traffic just comes in. But it's the length you have to go and the risk you have to, you know, you have to go through in order to potentially get that traffic to your site. Whereas you know, with a dropshipping site, you can just get the traffic. And like basically on day, like once you have the infrastructure set up, you can run ads and get traffic like day two or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the ads are, are I mean, they're evergreen for the most part. I mean, because it's Google and it's not Facebook, Facebook ads, generally speaking, aren't like evergreen. Like you, the audience is going to get tired of seeing your ad. But like Google, since with the buyer intent, people, you have new people searching for stuff they want to buy and they want to buy it. So it's kind of like just getting that position one spot for sure yeah. for a little bit of money. Cool. And we sort of, uh, that was my fault there. We sort of were blending a couple things together, but okay. So for making a profit, I think we, I, I'm at, I, I think you guys are probably right. I think like profit wise, like a drop shipping site has a, like more capability and there's like obviously the margins are better and you can control things a little bit more similar uh the traffic sources so that's what we're talking about so affiliate sites typically are relying on organic seo traffic because the margins are so low you can't pay for ads and make money at the same time um for drop shipping you got the data right so you have some assumptions to start out with and then once you get data you can keep rolling with it on the ads so i think for traffic sources um if it if it works out drop shipping is good but free traffic is good for affiliate sites so um now one thing that you guys mentioned before um sorta is i i think a drop shipping site could get free organic traffic too if they just you know if you just put content on the site right 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can even get traffic to your category pages. Um, again, something that something that we're, we're actively working on. But yeah, there's no reason why you can't put content on your affiliate site or on another separate site if you want to try and do like some mega master plan where you avoid the, the cannibalization. So if you want to say you were ranking for widgets on your, like the category widgets on your um, site, or sorry, your e-commerce site, and then you wanted to rank for best widgets on your blog, um, you set it separately and you don't uh, run into that cannibalization uh, issue. Makes sense. Okay. Anything else to add about traffic sources? Um, no, that's about it. I think we're, I think we're all in agreement. Yeah. You know, free traffic is great. And so if when you have free traffic, you can get whatever margins, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just harder to get free traffic. And even though we seem biased, we, you know, we also like the niche sites. So it's not like, you know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all friendly. I think uh, by the end of this, because we got a few more points to go through, I'm gonna try to do drop shipping. So, okay. <laughs> um, okay. So moving on to the earnings per visitor, I think um, like affiliate sites you mentioned typically can get a lot of visitors, but probably fewer sales. And then drop shipping you mentioned, uh, what you describe as sales pipeline control. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I mean, um, I'm not sure what we didn't, how else we can expand upon it. Yeah. But can you just like, from, for the people that don't know what the pipeline is and like how to control it, like just how you can explain it in layman's terms? Okay, so most of the people that are going to be coming to the site because of how we're running our AdWords campaigns are going to be visitors with high buying intent meaning that they're searching something that they're already looking, they're looking to buy. They're like far along in the research process. Um, now that's the same with an Amazon affiliate site. Now with an Amazon affiliate site, someone obviously has to click over to Amazon. If they click over and you have a 24 hour cookie window for Amazon to convert them on something, that product or another product. But, and, and that's about where that's about where it ends. Um, for an Amazon affiliate site, but with a when you control um, the traffic of your e-commerce site, um, um, we'll put this in in real layman's terms. Here is the first the first thing that happens when they come to the site is they're getting hit with a remarketing tag. They're getting hit with a Google remarketing tag to get remarketed around the web um, when you're browsing other sites, and they're getting hit with a Facebook remarketing tag, and you can you can do Pinterest and some others. So once they're on our site they're going to most likely come back to our site. I mean, they have to have a high chance of coming back to our site because they're going to be seeing our site over and over and over again. Um, with the Amazon affiliate site, you're obviously not doing that. Um, now the best case, that's, that's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is that they sign up for your email list. And then once you're on, once they're on the email list, obviously you have a much higher chance of converting them, uh, yet again. And they're, they, I think I think that cool that that sums it up. I'll add I'll add something else to that. So say a customer say someone is looking for an electric bike, right? So probably the first thing they're going to do is go on Google and search electric bike, and so they don't know what they want yet. They don't really know what's out there. They're just kind of gauging the market and seeing what's going on. Um, that's a, a generic search like that is not something that is as valuable as once the customer does more research and they figure out 
okay, I want this Schwinn electric bike. Because a customer that's searching Schwinn, they're already aware of the brand that we carry. They're already, you know, they understand the price point most likely. And then even from there, if they're searching for, you know, the brand and even the item number, then they're even more likely to buy because they know exactly what product they're looking for. And, um, yeah, that's, that's really the main difference. Whereas Amazon and niche sites kind of stop at the, you know, best electric bike kind of level. Um, we we can go down further and spend money to show up when they're ready to buy. Got it. Okay. Theoretically, you can hit them on every layer. So like, even if you build out a blog, you can hit them during the research process. Um, and then every layer of the buying process, you can hit them on. Very cool. Yeah. And I I like the, uh, (laughs) the, the remark. And I was going to say, I was chatting with my dad the other day and he's like, you know, I look up one product and then I see the ads like everywhere I go, like the exact, you know, I mean, everyone does it now. It's pretty like simple yeah. technology, but yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, okay. Moving on. And I think, yeah, I mean, earnings per visitor, like slam dunk for drop shipping just in general. Next is um, be- beginner's budget. So yeah, we kind of glossed over this um, as far as how much it costs to get started with drop shipping. I guess just take us through some of the details on that. So, I mean, you can really, if you want, you can do everything within the free trials and try to be profitable before those expire. But um, I think Shopify is what, like 30 bucks a month. Yeah. Um, the phone service that we use, maybe $24 a month. Um, what else is there before Google? I got to buy the domain name for like 10 bucks a year. Uh, so okay. yeah, I mean, that's around, it's probably around a hundred bucks to get set up with all that. Um, but as far as ad spend goes, you know, um, I remember back in the day, you know, when, when I was getting, when we, when we sold our first site, I remember I was looking at the, the P and L reports and we were only spending probably between 400 and $600 a month on ads. So that's like, you know, less than $20 a day. And, um, yeah, I you know one of our students that's got their first three sales within their first week, um, they're spending less than that. I remember I think they spent like seven dollars one day, and made a nine hundred dollars sale. So, you know it's really just how fast you want to get started, um, because again the focus is on the high quality traffic. So, you know, the whole point of, of scaling is just to get more traffic that's of the same quality. So it doesn't matter if you're spending $5 a day on Google, you know, you'll, you should get the same results theoretically, but it should take you, you know, you're not going to make as much cause you're, you're only spending $5 a day. Got it. Okay. So sounds like relatively inexpensive. Are there any tools that you need to do certain pieces of research or it's just, you know, calling and chatting with suppliers? No, we just use Google for basic research. Um, just checking out other sites that we know do drop shipping and seeing, you know, what they carry. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely Shopify apps that we use now, but again, most of them have like free trials and, um, you don't really need to pay for them until you're actually making money. So, okay. So it sounds like probably a couple hundred bucks, um, just in, in general to get started. Is that yep. about right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. And like I said, um, we don't really look at the Google ads as like 
an upfront investment like that, how you get, you know, because like I said, you get a free hundred dollars when you spend your first 25 or 50. And so if you're profitable within that time, you're already kind of in the clear to keep spending and spending. So, um, again, it's not like you're fronting anything, Okay. but the okay. one thing you do have to do obviously is when you get a sale, you have to pay the supplier. So, you know, we recommend, um, there are certain credit cards that are good for that, for getting cash back. And yeah, so you have to be able to you know, pay the supplier and then you get paid by the customer, Shopify, and um, that's about it. Got it. Okay. And I think uh, from the affiliate side, um, startup costs are similar, but as you guys noted in your article, typically the ROI that you'll get from an affiliate site is it's way further out. So um, the argument that I make, which may or may not be strong, kind of applies to the traffic source as well. On a long enough timeline, it's it's okay, right? So how, how long do you want the timeline to be? Um, like, I guess it depends on your knowledge beforehand and when you get started. But I'm like, after, you know, a year or so, like, it's probably going to be okay as far as um, organic traffic and making profit and so on. However, at the same time, I imagine um, a dropshipping site could grow really huge in a year where maybe you're just hitting your stride on an affiliate site. So I guess if, if everything's working out, you could scale the ads in a pretty insane way, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have stores that we spend you know, like $600 a day on and um, that's even something we're working to, we're working to grow. But yeah, I think again, when you're a beginner having to say, okay, you know, what I'm doing is going to pay off in a year. I think it's a lot to ask of someone um, because again, if they're new, their, their skills aren't as refined as someone like you or even, you know, like Joe to where, you know, we're already getting some cash flow and it's like, you know, in, in a year or two years, it'll pay off and it's super passive. And so kind of whatever happens, happens to, you know, have someone that's, that's really desperate to get out of their job or someone that really just wants to start making money online for whatever reason and tell them, okay, you have to put in this effort. And then in a year it may pay off. Um, it's not, it's not the best practice in my opinion. Okay. We can go down this route then. Um, <laughs> um, so in, in my argument, which this isn't part of the, the, uh, article here, but I'm like, uh, the people that are attracted to, and I'll have to make sure I say this very diplomatically, the people that are attracted to, um, like the faster ROI generally, I don't want to work with them. You end up with a bunch of weirdos, not weirdos. You end up with people that are making poor decisions based on their urgency, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm, I'm a patient, methodical person to like move forward. And I know you guys are too, so I'm not, <laughs> no, nothing's personal here. Nothing's personal here, uh, just, just to make yeah. it clear. But um, like slowly iterating and letting someone like learn the skills to build up to whatever it is. So I'm looking for like the patient people who are gonna make slower decisions Maybe they do hate their job and they need to get out of it. But at the same time, I'm like, I want that patient person that's like going to put the work in. Because like the affiliate side, you guys are 100% right. 
it's going to take some time. There's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be issues. Um, and even the people that are really successful run through those. So, I, I mean, maybe drop shipping is, is better for the faster ROI. Um, but you may end up with, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, saying anything about the students of your course, but you may end up with people who are making bad decisions. So that's redundant. What do you, what do you think? Am I way off base on that? I think, yeah, I think you're generally right. The person that's going to be more drawn to, you know, an, an affiliate side of things may be more methodical in their approach to business or kind of, you know, they're more, they're more willing to be patient because they know, okay, this is going to take a while. Whereas, you know, dropshipping is advertised, especially like on Facebook with different courses and stuff like that as like a really quick hit, like make money online type thing. Um, I mean, again, I think, you know, since we've done so many things, we've had the opportunity to see, you know, what works well and what doesn't. And so, I mean, I think, you know, we, we want to attract smart people too. And we just want to let them know what's out there and that, you know, they, there is a quicker solution to building, you know, an asset that you can sell versus just doing pure SEO. And one thing I want to add to that, Doug, is that, um, someone who is really business savvy, I think they understand the importance of cash flow. And I think if you ask someone who's really business savvy, if you're going to go start a new business, do you want to be cash flow positive two weeks, month one, month two, or do you want to be cash flow positive in a year? I mean, I think, uh, I think a, a rational thinking person would, would go for the quick cash flow. Yes. And I think we actually, I mean, we're on the same side here, um, overall. So thanks for indulging me. <laughs> in that. Um, you guys handled that well. What I was going to say is uh, two things. So I, I think we're on the same side. One of the reasons why I think the keyword golden ratio like caught on and is has been helpful is like people can sort of short circuit the very long timeline that's out there for a an affiliate site to get traffic and be profitable. So it shortens that. Um, if you want to shorten it more, you could do drop shipping and like yeah, know, exactly what you guys are saying. The second part to layer on, and then we can move on. Um, so the I get some emails. You guys may see them too, but it's like the person who wants to um, – actually, I got one like yesterday. They're like, I'm really strapped. I need money by, you know, next Thursday, and it's Tuesday right now. And uh, you know what? I just need it right away. And those are the people – they're, they're like, I need to make like $1,000 per week starting in four days. So at that point, I'm just like, oh, man, like – get out of here. Like, I, I don't want to work with yeah. you at all. You're crazy. I'm sure you guys run across it too. And I know that's not who you're working with. So that, I, that's the thought in my head. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I think, I know no one probably reads this, but I made it like a, on our course, like I made it like a real uh, point on the disclaimer uh, to say like, you know, when you're going into business like this, you shouldn't act out of that desperation. You know what I'm saying? Cause at the end of the day, whether it's drop shipping, whether it's affiliate, like business, business is business. You know what I'm saying? Like it's sometimes it doesn't work out for whatever reason. And when you're, when you're coming from that place of like total scarcity, um, 
I think the odds of it working out, no matter what you're doing, are are less. So uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny. I was like, uh, I never watched this kind of stuff, but I was watching uh, Gary uh, Vanderchuk. I think that's how you say his name the other day, because I wanted to, like I wanted to see like what these people have to, like. I've never really paid attention to it, and what he said for someone like that that I would actually agree with is like go and get free stuff on Craigslist and sell it on like Facebook marketplace. So if you're into like, if you're in that sort of really, 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 really desperate situation, um, I would point towards something like that rather than like actually considering starting a business. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, people, yeah, obviously it's a common question. Like how much money can I make or, <laughs> you know, like how soon can I start making this amount of money? And it's like, yeah, I think, I think that is a bit, a bit more of a beginner mindset. And, um, you know, I, I won't say I never had those sort of thoughts when I would do something, but you know, you just need to understand that there's, there's risk to everything. And the people that are going to be the most successful are the ones that can sort of just be persistent no matter what business model it is. And, I think the best thing about online business is that the the skills that you learn are so compounding. You know, it's like everything that you do each, each day, sort of you learn more and the actions that you take sort of build upon each other to make you more money over time. Whereas when you have a job, it's just a set amount of money per day, no matter what you learn. And so, yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the real success comes after just a couple of years of, of being consistent. Yep. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And, um, I don't know if you guys read the Steve Martin, uh, one of, one of his memoirs, it's like born standing up, but I think, I think it was Johnny Carson told him one day you're going to like use everything you ever learned. And, um, <laughs> in the three amigos, you guys remember three amigos. You remember that movie? Never saw it. Oh man, you guys are too young. You don't know Three Amigos. It has uh, Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Chevy Chase. So the Titans, you know. Um, But yeah, he like played the banjo, the ukulele, and like did some other stuff. He did like the lasso. So check out the book if you haven't read it too. It's very good. So, um, all right. We are coming up towards the end of time. I see we're going over a little bit. So thanks, guys. Um, we have a couple more points to go through. So um, the the passive aspect of affiliate sites versus dropshipping. And I know for affiliate sites, like once you kind of get them rolling after that, you know, one year period or so, pretty much maintenance mode. It's um, pretty light. Things can go wrong. But um, generally, you could kind of let them roll, just put a few hours in per you know month or week or whatever you want to do. So, and yep, you can go for the, the drop shipping side. I mean, I agree. I think, yeah, if you, can get, if you can get an affiliate site to that level, then it's great. And that's why we do affiliate businesses is because they, they are so passive. And, you know, when you um, actually go to sell an affiliate business, it takes like, the, the time that you have to listen on the marketplace, like say for Empire Flippers, is so short. Like you can sell it within a week for a higher multiple than a dropshipping site. But a dropshipping site, you know, although you have to do upfront customer service and things that aren't as passive that you can outsource, it's really the only place that you can make a sale that brings you a thousand dollars profit. You know, so 
passive sites, they bring in consistent earnings every day. But a dropshipping site is the only one where you can really get just a huge hit of, you know, a sale that brings in a lot of, a lot of money instantly. Right on. Yeah. 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 I think, uh... but I mean, not to say that like we are really chained to our dropshipping businesses. I mean, we take vacations, um, you know, yeah. I don't, there are times where I just tell, you know, my employee, okay, like I'm leaving, <laughs> you got to handle this and you know, things work out. So, um, again, it's just different, different things you have to learn to system systematize and and that's really what it's all about with your, with your project management skills Doug it would be uh, <laughs> it would be a walk in the park it sh- yeah it should be I was gonna say it sounds like you got to have a couple employees and like some uh, SOPs and stuff like that but like fairly straightforward it sounds like yeah I mean we have one employee that runs four stores so okay that's well, awesome how many do we have in total would you say um I mean, we again, we're we're kind of we're pretty big at this point, so I don't want someone to hear this and get intimidated. But I mean, across all of our businesses, we probably have like ten people that we pay on a part-time to full-time basis. Um, but that's because we have people, you know, uploading products for us on a daily basis. Um, again, we have employees, we have you know a backup, and so we're kind of setting ourselves up to be able to grow more. Whereas, yeah, if you just wanted to maintain, you don't need someone to be uploading products. You don't need, you know, a backup employee. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I mean the same, we're, we're focused on growth right now. And I think the same applies to an affiliate site. Yeah. You can get it to a thousand dollars a month, but in, say you do that in a year and then you want to get it to 10,000 in the next year. I mean, you still have to be managing that content, worry about getting the links, um, making sure your site structure and on-page optimization is on point. So the growth um, still, you know. Yeah, growth takes effort no matter what business model you're in. Um, But yeah, again, the main difference is for maintenance, for a niche site, you don't need to have any employees. You can just sit there and, you know, watch it do its thing. Whereas on it for the dropshipping sites, like someone does need to be there on a day-to-day basis. Depends to, on, depends on the volume of the store too. You can yeah. have a store making like yeah, that's true, two so. or 3000 a month with 30 products that doesn't really require much, um, in that, in that, but when you're trying to scale like we are, it's a, it's a different, it's a different thing and everything comes with time. Yeah. One, one step at a time. Yeah. Right. And I've, I've known, you know, a couple people that live in Thailand that just have stores that, you know, they're not looking to grow into these crazy businesses like we are, you know, and so they're on a completely opposite time zone. They're not really answering calls and, you know, they'll wake up, they'll get back to whatever they missed and then they just go about their day. So, yeah, again, it could be whatever you want it to be. Um, so. Got it. That uh, Yeah, it totally makes sense. I was also going to say, like, we like business, right? Like we like the process, we enjoy it, we get obsessed with it. So like, it's not a huge, I mean, it's nice to focus on other areas and learn new things and stuff like that. But at this, at the same time, it's like, we're going to be doing something, whether it's working on 
the specific site that we're talking about how passive it is because like we want to grow it or we want to like start new things because it's interesting. We just like to do business. So um, the goal really, like I'm sure you guys read the four hour work week, um, but it's like the goal isn't to be like passive and bored. Like we want to do stuff. So whether it's travel or like building businesses, um, it's good to be excited about whatever it is you're doing. So yeah, you just need to have something that you need, you need to have a system in place that affords you, you know, I don't know what the word would be, passive ability, where you, it, can, it can be passive if you want it to be. You know, you say you want to take a month off or something. Um, yeah. I think that, that's really what it's all about is that you can, you can step away and it will run itself. And that's the, the most important thing. Very cool. So last um, last point here is around selling the site and you kind of alluded to it earlier. So affiliate sites are pretty nice because they're, I guess the demand's a little bit higher because of the perceived, whether it's accurate or not, um, passive aspect. So it's a hot asset right now and the multiples are a little bit higher for affiliate sites and they sell like so fast, like in 15 minutes or whatever. So <laughs> drop shipping, people are a little more hesitant. Maybe it's a slightly more complex of a business model. So it's, you know, people aren't as uh, eager to buy them as fast, maybe. I think there's just more due diligence that goes on in it. And, um, you know, obviously with an affiliate site, the earning reports are all electronic. Google Analytics, you see what traffic's coming in. And then that's really all that needs to be confirmed. Um, yeah, again, with the dropshipping site, there's multiple suppliers that go into it and there's other considerations that I think make it take a little bit longer. Um, the first big site that we sold, we sold within like a week or two. This other one that's, um, that we just sold took a little bit longer, but yeah, I mean, cool. It's, uh, it's, it, but again, it took us a little bit longer to sell, but we also made it, you know, in that was, that was the site that we made in two weeks. And then we really didn't do much work to it from there other than just, you know, having someone handle the customer service. And so that was along with like 30 products that I talked about earlier. Okay. Gotcha. And it, that could be like a topic for a whole other show. It sounds like launched yeah. it two weeks, sold it for 88 or 80,000. So <laughs> that sounds interesting. Um, but we'll, we'll put a pin in it for now. Um, one last question and then we can sort of wrap it up here. So for the people that uh, may be thinking, hey, isn't drop shipping like played out? I remember reading about it years ago in the four hour work week. And then I've seen so many courses like, is it too saturated? Like, what would you say for people that are thinking that? It's just a fulfillment method. That's, that's all it is. It's a process of shipping something from one place to another. It's a very efficient fulfillment method for expensive items. Um, and yeah. if you can market products, you could drop ship. I mean, that's if you can, you do the right marketing, that you drop ship. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Stuff is drop shipped on Amazon. Uh, E-commerce totally. is dead. Google ads aren't dead. You know, there's, there's so many hundreds of thousands of different brands out there. Um, you know, you're, you're bound to find something that works. Very good. Yeah. It's like saying there's like too many restaurants or there's too many <laughs> stores. Like restaurants are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Food is dead. No one's eating any. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
Where should people find you? I know buildassetsonline.com. Um, I'll put links for stuff to make it easy, but anywhere else where you want folks to, to check y'all out. Um, our, we have a YouTube channel. Um, I'm sure you can give a link to that. Um, we kind of just started it. I didn't assign the custom URL yet, so I can't give you a clever uh, link. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have, a, we have a YouTube channel, same name, Build Assets Online. Um, right now we're putting out like daily videos about dropshipping and online business. So we're hoping to keep up with that. And yeah, we love when people ask us questions on there because we love doing the, uh, the Q and a uh, type videos where we like answer people's questions. So yeah, we also have um, on our website, we have like a free little mini video series called the online assets playbook where essentially we just summarize kind of what we talked about here, our real, our broad approach to how we build assets and um, kind of the, the foundation that we use to, you know, create a big portfolio to be worth, you know, over a million dollars. So very cool. Well, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks again for the little debate there. I think that was cool. People can let us know um, yeah. if they liked it or not, because that's the thing. I, I just test things every now and then. So maybe people hated that and we, we won't know but leave everyone leave a comment to let us know all right so uh, thanks again guys really appreciate it thank you thank you Doug. Thanks again to Mike and Joe over at Build Assets Online. I appreciate their time and just hearing their story. They are well they just about had me convinced to get into drop shipping myself. But, uh, you know, I got so many irons in the fire, so many plates spinning, fill in another analogy. I got a lot of those things going. So it's kind of better for me just to chill and focus on what I'm doing because that's what I'm doing. So if you are interested in learning more, I can tell you that Mike and Joe do have a premium, like more thorough, like full course. If you are interested, I do encourage you to check out the free course first. But if you are interested, they have one out there. I happen to be an affiliate for it. So I get a commission if you buy that course eventually. So I appreciate it if you do. It helps me buy organic biscuits for Georgie and that sort of thing. We have a few more talking points before we finish up this episode. And I see it's getting to be kind of a long episode, which brings me to... uh, Point number one, I'm a little curious. When do you listen to The Doug Show? Are you commuting? Do you work out and you listen to this? Are you walking the dog? Are you working in the house? Do you listen at work? I used to listen to so many podcasts at work. It was crazy. I would listen basically through my commute all day long and I would listen like at you know, 1.5 X speed. So I was listening to many hours of podcasts as I was working. So I'm just curious, shoot me an email with Doug, or sorry, it's a feedback at Doug.show. So you can let me know about that. Very curious. Point number two is around the aged site case study that I'm working on. I just started it a few weeks back, at least at the time that I'm recording this. But if you're unfamiliar, I purchased a pre-made site from a vendor called Human Proof Designs. And uh, they're, they're my friends over there. And I've been working with them for a while. So I bought a site from them. And g- the general idea is to outsource all aspects of the work to be done. Now, I know I'm going to, you know, 
I'm a tinkerer, so I'm going to get in there a little bit, but the general idea is I'm going to buy the site pre-made. It is an age site, so it should have traffic coming already, which it does. That was awesome. So as soon as I got the site in my possession, I saw in Google Analytics that traffic was indeed hitting the site. In fact, a sale was made within like two to three days of me taking possession and more sales have uh, been made in uh, like the last like week and a half. I've only had it for like a week and a half, about 10 days or so. So anyway, very popular case study so far, and at least from what I could tell, because so many people have emailed me and asked questions about it, and it's pretty cool. So the, the idea is I'm buying a site, and I'm outsourcing generally everything. So keyword research, content, um, link building. Those are the main pieces, by the way. There's not that much more to it. So once you get the site, you got some keywords, and some links, you should be in good shape. So I'm documenting everything along the way. I'm going to be sharing like real numbers for what I am spending, tracking all the expenses and answering questions along the way. And um, there's an episode, a couple, a couple uh, podcasts back. So you can check out some of the you know, deeper details. But if you are unfamiliar, highly encourage you to check out this case study. Currently, I am keeping what I'm calling like a raw notes page so that you can see things in the plan and the timeline as we go. Because I'm going to write it up in a little bit more thoughtful way in the future. But a lot of people wanted to see like what's going on right now with like the case study. So check it out. If you're interested, it's at nichesiteproject.com com slash ASCS. All right. So that's age site case study. You should be able to find it. And um, yeah, if you have questions and stuff, shoot me an email feedback at doug.show. So why don't I do drop shipping and why am I sticking to affiliate marketing? Well, it was kind of a matter of timing. So when I got started online in like early to mid 2013, that is when I first discovered the Smart Passive Income podcast, and I think uh, maybe a couple years before I was getting into it, AdSense sites were very popular. Pat Flynn had a very popular case study that he did, the Security Guard Training HQ website, and that was AdSense-based, generally informational-based, and then um, you know there were, all, there were a lot of people that were into AdSense sites. It's still a viable business model. In fact, if you go check out um, the interviews with Ron Stefanski, you'll hear that people are doing great with it. Ron's making uh, you know almost 200k a year from his portfolio of sites, and they it still works, right? AdSense still works. However, when I got started, um, for whatever reason, I sort of gravitated towards the affiliate model. Now, part of that was, as I mentioned, timing because Spencer Hawes over at Niche Pursuits was kicking off his initial like niche site project number one, but it was the first one. So he just called it niche site project. And uh, thankfully he let me like borrow that name. It fits in with the project management stuff that I do. And I thought that was a good name. Check with Spencer. And he was like, sure, man, you can use that name. No big deal. So appreciate that, Spencer. I don't think you listen to this, but if you do, um, that's cool. <laughs> we'll have you on here soon. Uh, anyway, the point is 
the first AdSense site, the first niche site that I created was indeed AdSense, actually the first two or three. They failed. They, they were terrible. They didn't work out. I didn't know what I was doing. However, when Spencer was doing his case study, things clicked. Things started working. I got a few of my mistakes out of the way with those early AdSense sites. And then the affiliate model was working for me. And I was like, hey, that's cool. I'm actually making some money. Things are great. And then um, I stuck with it. I continued to refine the process, iterate. I still made mistakes with the affiliate sites, by the way. And uh, I mean, I still do. Hopefully, smaller mistakes, non-critical mistakes. But the point is, the affiliate site model worked for me, and I stuck with it. And there were multiple um, sort of points along the way where I could have. I thought about, you know, private labeling certain products that I, I know that they were selling well, right? Like I know currently, and I knew in the past that they were selling well because I could see what is sold from my site in a general way. And I could see specifics as well. So technically I I could under I would understand like what's selling well at volumes and I have a bunch of traffic on my sites. So technically I could have gotten into some drop shipping or private labeling or you know something where I'm selling directly to consumers. However, because the affiliate model was working and I have been dabbling in you know, courses like five figure niche site. And I started YouTubing and I'm doing the podcast now. There's only so many things you can do. Now, the thing that I want to layer on top of this is I personally want to have a lean team. I want to have a couple uh, assistants working with me, but I don't want to have full-time staff. And that is just my own personal choice. Some other people would prefer to have a big team. They want to have a strong team around them to delegate uh, certain things and run the business and perhaps have a CEO and a COO and a CTO and a lot of other executives like doing things, making decisions and all that stuff. I do not want to have that. I just want to have me and a couple of assistants. And in fact, I'm, I do the podcast editing whenever it's required. Like right now when I'm pulling together a couple of the uh, interviews and stuff like that and recording directly into GarageBand. And that's just what I prefer. Now, I try to not do too much of this admin work um, and some of the editing, but it's fairly straightforward. And currently, at least right now, I still enjoy doing some of this light admin stuff. But when when you get down to it um, and back on topic, like why didn't I do drop shipping and why don't I get into it? Well, I'm I would be spread too thin and I I'm doing fine right now and I'm not super interested in learning that other business model. Other things do interest me, like doing the podcast, like talking to new people, interviewing them, refining my interviewing skills talking to people on YouTube as well and just creating YouTube videos. I'm interested in that sort of stuff more than creating a new business model or sorry, working with a new business model like drop shipping or something else. So, I mean, I don't think anything is wrong with dabbling and checking things out and seeing like what you like to do. But for me, I was like, all right, I kind of 
feel pretty good about this affiliate marketing stuff. I understand what's going on. I'm refining the process. I'm teaching others, right? I understand affiliate marketing well enough that I could teach other people how to do it that have very little background and for them to be successful. So for me, that indicates, right? Other people may disagree, but to me, that indicates like if I could teach someone how to do it and they can execute and be successful, I probably know the process really well. So again, I generally enjoy it. I know what I'm doing and I know it well enough that I could teach other people about it. I am sure at some point I will be a little bored with it or something like that. Maybe I want to dabble in some other areas, but so far so good. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with the affiliate stuff right now. So I'm curious what you think about that. Do shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. You can let me know your thoughts on the matter, drop shipping versus affiliate marketing. And and I'll mention, I'll give uh, you know Joe and Mike another shout out for like going through the debate process. I think that was cool. I hope that it came off well uh, during the interview and, and on the podcast and everything. And it, if it didn't, uh, all, all apologies uh, on my side. You know, those guys were doing doing a great job uh, talking with me. So anyway, do check out Build Assets Online. Appreciate it, Joe and Mike. Everybody have a great day and we'll catch you on the next Doug Show.